Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue our examination of Psalm 119. We've looked at the first four verses of this particular stanza. So let's start with those, uh, verse 145, and then we'll finish the balance of it today, okay? I remember the psalmist is actually uh, expressing his emotion here, pouring out before God how he was feeling about some things and what he's actually physically done. We see it. Verse 145, he says, I cried with all my heart. Answer me, O Lord. I will observe your statues. And so, you know, sometimes people think that it's a, a bad thing to cry before the Lord, to uh, ask the Lord to answer him. Uh, perhaps could we even say demand the Lord answer him? Because it says here, answer me, O Lord. You know, it's like a declaration. We've seen earlier in this psalm where he said that it was time for the Lord to take action, uh, particularly against those that had broken the law. So you see the uh, intensity. You see the emotion here. In verse 146, he continues, I cry to you, save me, and I shall keep your testimonies. Now, both these verses, he's not sitting here going, okay, Lord, answer me, and I'm going to observe your statutes. Lord, save me, and then I'll keep your testimonies. No, he had been <clears throat> observing the statutes. He had been keeping the testimonies. And he also wasn't saying, well, Lord, I've observed these statutes. Lord, I've, I've kept these testimonies, <clears throat> so why haven't you done this? Though, there is an element of that. Because the psalmist is sitting there declaring, hey, I have done these things. I am doing these things. I'm walking the right path. And I'm crying out to you. My cry is based not upon the deeds that I do, but, Lord, upon who you are. We've seen that in the psalm already. So he says, uh, you know, earlier it said, save me according to your word, you know, according to the promises that you've made. It's the same idea. Verse 147, I rise before dawn and cry for help. I wait for your words. So this helps us understand that. You know, he says, I cried in 145, 146, and 147. Cried with all my heart. Cried to you. Arose before dawn and cried for help. And then he says, I wait for your word. It's the idea that, the, that I'm not going to go out here and make this happen until you do something. I'm not going to do all this kind of stuff until you do something. I'm waiting for your word. I'm waiting for your direction. I'm waiting for uh, your word of promise. I'm waiting for you to move within that. So, Lord, I'm doing what I like to call aggressively waiting upon the Lord, not sitting back doing nothing. No, but I'm waiting upon you in the midst of doing what you told us to do. Observe the statutes. Keep your testimonies. Even cry for help. Then verse 148, my eyes anticipate the night watches that I may meditate on your word. So we saw that in a previous episode, that he's looking forward to these times when the, the busyness of the day was set aside. And during the night watches and the quiet of that, that he could meditate upon the word of God. Now, verse 149, hear my voice according to your loving kindness. Revive me, O Lord, according to your ordinances. So the psalmist is just continuing to cry out, Lord, hear me, and do so according to your loving kindness. Again, not according to my ability to do good things, 
not according to my ability to uh, please you and attract attention, then you'll move and do what's right because you're pleased with the way I'm behaving. No, it's all simply according to your loving kindness manifested by the grace of God. So hear my voice. And then he asked for what he really wants, which is revive me. And that that word um, literally means to live. <clears throat> we use it in, in rather poor ways in English. I think a lot of times, you know, when we say revive, uh, in the vernacular you might speak of reviving a, a Broadway show, something that had been done before, that kind of thing. In most of our circles, when we hear revive, we're thinking revival, a series of meetings at a local church or something like that. And uh, th- they have a certain connotation, a certain kind of thing that we associate. And with me, it's sort of a misnomer because a lot of times people are saved. Okay, They call upon the name of the Lord and they're saved at revivals. Well, revive means to renew. It's based upon vive life. Vive, renew your life. Well, in one sense, yeah, revival is that. But really, you can't revive something that hadn't been vived before. Okay? Here, what he's saying is that renewing kind of thing. Lord, revive me. You know, I have your life, but it's, it's being crushed because of the oppressors, because of the enemies. I'm crying out to you. So, Lord, hear my voice. Revive me, O Lord, according to your kindness. You notice how often he's saying, O Lord. Oh, Lord, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's, there's passion involved with this, okay? And he says, revive me according to your ordinances, according to your word, what you've said. Verse 150, those who follow after wickedness draw near. They are far from your law. So we see that all that stuff, all the stuff in the, previously in the psalm about the oppressors, about the evil, about the wicked, that, yes, this was in the past, but apparently it's ongoing, Right? Those who follow after wickedness draw near. They're pressing in on him. And he's already told the Lord and reminds them here, they're far away from your law. They're way away from your law, which is interesting because does that mean that the ones that were coming against him were Jewish people and they were moving away from the law? Those that were not Jewish, by definition, were not under the law of the Lord. And, you know, I don't know, it probably meant both ways. They're far from your law. They're not people of your law. Or were there people that were other law that were coming against David. Well, when you read the biblical account about David, you see that both are true. Okay? Verse 151, You are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are truth. So again, he uh, uh, draws this picture right here. He said, Those who follow after wickedness draw near to David. But he's saying, Lord, you are near to me. They are far away from the law, but Lord, you are near and all your commandments are true. So he's declaring that to the Lord. He's reminding himself, I think, of that also, of the Lord, that the Lord is near. Even when wickedness draws near, folks, the Lord is near to those who believe. Even when we deal with those that don't believe the testimonies or the ordinances or the, or the statutes or the law of the Lord, even when we deal with those, the Lord is near. And never forget, the word of the Lord is truth. All the words of the Lord are truth. Verse 152, the last one for the day, the last one of this particular stanza. Of old I have known your testimonies, that you have founded them forever. This is really interesting. That of old literally means it's an old, old, unused Hebrew word is what it's described. It means formerly, 
it means east and can be translated front, F-R-O-N-T. And when I saw that, I thought, oh, that's really interesting. And, and it carries the idea of the former days, long ago and far away, of ancient times, of the earliest times. And why, why the words, you know, front and east? Well, uh, even in the land of Israel, the most ancient civilizations were to the east of it, the Garden of Eden and that kind of thing. So he's saying, Lord, from old I have known your testimony. From the most ancient of times, your testimonies have been there, that you have founded them forever. And, you know, we talked some about that forever a couple episodes ago, the idea that forever in our mind usually goes from the moment right now forward in time. But something that's really forever goes forward, and it goes backwards in time if it's eternal. If it's forever and eternal, it goes in both directions of the timeline. Something cannot be eternal that had a starting point. Think about that. It can't be eternal if it had a, a starting point. And he's saying here, of ancient times I've known from your testimonies. Okay? Of old I have known from your testimonies that you have found to them forever. So the psalmist is grabbing hold of this thing. He's saying, you know what? This is your truth now. It was your truth before, and it's your truth forever. I know these. I know your testimonies. I'm going to hang on to your word. I think it's a good word for us. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you in the next episode.